2: Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp, and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to, to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing, World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind, both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen to gog, giggle excitedly, and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers.
3: And welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hi. And Dave Watson. Hi. I I tried out something a little different there, didn't I, in the way I said it? It was a bit breakfast, DJ. Yeah. Well, you're listening to the Newcastle Natter. Coming up, we've got the news and weather. But first, we're going to talk about the game. So, guys, um, (laughs) we might as well go straight in. On the last podcast, the first half of the the show was taken up by talking about the Super League. And so impactful, so passionate was our debate on the last Newcastle matter, We managed to bring down the Super League. So we don't need to worry about that anymore.
1: Are we the big no? three that took down the big six or the big 12?
3: I think we are. I think, I think yeah. we are. It's been I, think... I, I enjoyed... we were on the last night, no, we were right in the midst of it. Hmm. After about th- two or three days of constant news on the Super League, I'd that was the most I've enjoyed football. <laughs> 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 in a
0: couple of years at least. That was so entertaining. Well, it was because it, it gave an opportunity for, like, novel opinions. Because normally it's just like, is that player any good? No, he's shit. We all know he's shit. Or Newcastle any good? No, the shit. We know the shit. Is that, is that handball? Yeah. yeah. Is that it's VAR? Yeah. Is a fucking takeover? You know what I mean?
1: I think as well it was a rare occasion where money doesn't completely win out against principles which in football these days is incredibly rare
0: i don't know if money won if principles won out over money or i think they won the battle yeah i think one pot of money won over another pot of money i think that's the way the
1: the pot of money that won is still a pot of money linked to a competition that's genuinely competitive so like sport
3: in a way one yeah. I think you're probably right. And when you deeply analyse it or almost anything, it's very depressing <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> from whatever, whatever angle. Almost anything in this world, if you really look into it, it's <laughs> <is> very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it, it, just as a consumer of news, I found it so enjoyable because it was simply like, right, okay. What's the story? Right. They're the goodies. They're the baddies. Uh oh! Looks yeah. like the baddies are getting it wrong. And it was like it was just so just watching it crumble. It was
0: it was just really entertaining. But there were so it's many unlikely so many fun. unlikely alliances as well. It's like suddenly we're on the side of like UEFA and FIFA, who are normally the the you know despotic villains and also on the side of Chelsea fans who usually race as pricks. So it was quite a weird bedfellow. It was I enjoyed it. And long now I want another one. Like something yeah. else like that. Just something else. The
1: thing I think it that took the still, edge I... off is the sort of two days after it's been in the news cycle, you get the inevitable smug. I'm actually going to be quite contrary now. So, like every the people mm. come out and go, Oh, so uh, everyone's happy with uh, Russian money in football, are they? The, the, uh, <laughs> the bad guys, are they? People who seem to assume they've made this amazing point for the first time that parts yeah. of football are corrupt or governed by money over principles,
3: yeah, yeah, but, no, that's yeah. true. But it was entertaining for a while, and I think we will get the chance to see a little bit of that. Again, I think it will rear its head. There'll be hmm. some things like that. But that
0: well it was able, interesting. I'll never get as much pure joy from football as that. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting because the PL, the Premier League are looking to change the laws so that if that were ever to happen again, the teams are booted out of the league. So it, it will be if it were to happen again and somebody say like let's have a European Super League they'd have to weigh that against the fact that they will be booted out of the Premier League. I've heard that and I've heard that 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 they would have
3: to sign it off. So if you don't if Man United, for example, refuse to agree to that, then then that sort of proves that they're like them pulling out is completely inauthentic. Mm. Um, I sort
1: of feel like their owners wouldn't mind signing that off either though. All of those six clubs I think the, the fans, the players and most board members wouldn't like it, but I think the owners, especially the American ones, would be like, great, that would, <laughs> that would solve a lot of our problems.
3: Well, we'll see, but um, I enjoyed it a lot. And also, um, is it is it okay to say that I'm quite enjoying being a Newcastle fan? It's been... Brighton was on the 20th of March when we lost three hmm. nil since then it's been quite good fun right uh let's talk about the most recent match unfortunately I was at um a child's birthday party COVID safe for the majority of that um but uh we did manage to get ourselves a 1-1 draw with Liverpool. Dave, you watched the match, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was... It was one of those games that if you played it out on Football Manager and you were the big club that that drew 1-1, you'd have thrown the keyboard. You'd probably do the close, don't save, load a new game. Because they... Like, from the off, they were um, were all over us. Uh, Salah scored after three minutes, and it it was... um, it was. It looked like it was going. We were going to be in for a battering. I mean, it ended up like sixty-eight and a half percent possession to them. Near enough seventy percent possession. Um, they had twenty-two shots, nine of them on target. XG two point eight five. They should, could, and should have beaten us really, really comfortably. If if that game had ended like I don't know five-two or something to Liverpool. I don't think that would have been surprising because neither team defended very well. They wasted so many chances. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was a fantastic game of football to watch. But it but wasn't like, would I, would
3: I be like right in thinking that it wasn't like, one of the most memorable games for me this season was us against Spurs when we managed to get 1-1 right at the end hmm. with a hilarious penalty situation. Yeah. in that game they absolutely battered us and we offered nothing
0: Would yeah it wasn't like that because because we because of the way we've been set up since the Brighton game we yeah. were offering a real threat on the counter attack I mean Alan St Maximum was yet again scaring the shit out of the opposition to the point where I don't know if you've seen it but like Fabinho I think he's on it's on the halfway line St Maximum you know, knocks it past them, and Fabinho, no interest in the ball whatsoever, just essentially rugby tackles and Maximum. And in, I mean, it's another debate, but I would say that should be a red card. There was, was another reckless. one of those
1: earlier in the game. I can't remember which centre-back it was. Did Kabak. Yeah. Ca- yeah, yeah. But St-Maxim seems Cavac. to get two of those a game now. Almiron yeah. quite often gets them as well. I think until it's made a red, it's going to keep happening. But just because it's stopping a counter-attack in your own half, it's still denying what will probably become a goal-scoring opportunity.
3: I think the thing about those situations, as a fan that gets you, is like, if it's St. Maximin, you're like, that should be a red. Because in your head, as a fan, you can see Mm. that you have a fantastic opportunity. But if it's Joe Linton. (laughs) You're like, yeah. well, it's a yellow. <laughs> it's like dependent on the player.
1: Yeah, with Joe <laughs> Linton, you're like, that's got us up the pitch and it means we can put a ball in the box <laughs> from somewhere yeah. well played. But with St Maximin, <laughs> you're just like, you know what could be... It's the numbers and the speed on the break as well because now we actually do seem genuinely able to counter-attack. It's, very th- it's something Man City, weirdly, are really dirty at doing. It gets overlooked in the idea of Pep's beautiful football Yes. they're forever doing that of just breaking up but, yeah. right at the beginning taking a, a cynical yellow
0: so I, the, there's one thing I want to be clear on it's not that he fouled him on the, the counter attack it was the manner in which he fouled him because mm. he there was it wasn't just like clipping his heels or um, like a shoulder to shoulder just barging out of the way this was the, it was the ball was long gone by the time Fabinho altered his his trajectory to like Started, like just barrel into an um, balance maximum, so there was it was like hyper cynical it wasn't like... I think the, the, I think the problem
3: is that the way football is now, there would have been a time when you could have that at the referee's discretion and the referee can make that decision, but because of the way they have to make the rules now, it would have to be something very a very specific law on what mm-hmm. determined made that situation a red and and then that would just be just constantly tiresomely debated. I mean, I know now it it's creating, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's creating a, a, a goal score, denying a goal scoring opportunity.
0: Yeah. I, mean, but yeah, it
3: was the, I suppose you could have made the case that 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 was denying a goal scoring opportunity, even though it was that far back. I, I think if there was a rule of like I'll cover that. I, don't know.
1: I think if there was something about no attempt to play the ball, Kind of thing. So, but so that cynical there, there, level. There of foul. is.
0: So it's it's um if the there's a, essentially like one of the red card offences is um like excessive like physical contact off the ball, like if if somebody uses like excessive force off the ball. Also, if if a if a challenge is reckless, and I think you can you can certainly make a case that the excessive force was was used because he he fucking speared him and the the other thing was like and the so it was reckless yeah it was reckless because the the impact could have like it it was deliberate to hurt him it wasn't like a wasn't like I say it wasn't clipping his heels or something it was reckless and it was excessive force and those are both red card offences
1: I think this isn't hyperbole just because it's St Maximin and it happened to Newcastle but I think he was genuinely trying to kill him and I think it yeah. should be arrested. <laughs> it's never going to be a red, but I, it's, it's not. a shame because I think there should be a panel that judges it based on players immediately. Like that's St. Maxman, that's a red.
3: I think, I, don't ge- I, don't a, genuinely... I think it should be a celebrity panel, like every yeah. week. Have, like, a comedian, maybe an ex politician, a chef, and they should.
1: Or a handful of locally selected nurses who've won the privilege.
3: To represent yes exactly. for it that exactly. should happen. If you can, if you can make decisions of life and death every day, then it should be a cinch to make a decision <laughs> like that. These, these people, they, they're capable. They they prove it day in day out. Paul, you saw most of the game, didn't you? Yes. Sorry, I, you I, that? that's not the question. Be, yeah.
1: Before that, so I think you have found a way to fix VAR, which is just have it operated by nurses. And it's sure. guaranteed to work. But yes, I did see the game. I really, if you say it's
3: not guaranteed to work, then you're just, why are you insulting our nurses?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've, it's not often you get to sit down and enjoy a Newcastle game and go toe-to-toe with one of the best teams. I don't, Even though they were all over us stats-wise, even Klopp didn't really have any complaints with the draw. I think we I think- deserved we deserved it more on the basis of their crap finishing and our good goalkeeper, but actually as well, we could have, I'm sure we'll come onto it. Could have won two, one. We did mm. have a goal disallowed after 90 minutes.
3: Sure. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have really tailed off as a side. Um, if we, if we'd have been catching them a year ago, then, uh, I mean, Salah seems to be the only one of the front three who can finish anymore for them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes uh, this is what I, I came into the game at a perfect moment I saw the last 10-15 minutes with my um, nearly four year old sons at my lap who for a moment just decided to be really into football and really enjoyed it so it was like really good fun <laughs> and um, they uh, we, we got uh, a fucking bar you just don't know if you're allowed to celebrate but we did get uh, an equaliser that turned out to not be an equaliser, didn't we?
1: I did mm-hmm. celebrate, and there was no part of me that was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to celebrate this. I was screaming around the house to the point where my daughter came down and told me to be quiet because it was hurting her feelings <laughs> <laughs> after both goals. I got a proper talking to her after her. She's only four. And she was like, you, you need to celebrate less loudly because that wasn't <laughs> fun. <laughs>
3: So um, the first one, I've just remembered exactly what happened. It was the uh, the Wilson scenario. Yeah, the, uh, handball that wasn't a handball that was a handball. Um, the I mean, annoying there, the answer, really.
1: The rule there is annoying, and if it is a handball, we're looking at from VAR. Why is the foul that happened in the build-up to it not given? There's, this is the problem with VAR, and I think why we all agree it probably should go. It only works if you have a decent level of application of it. And we don't mm. have that. So it's, it's really... I heard, um, is it Nicky
3: Bandini on yeah. the Football Weekly podcast um, saying the other day that VAR is just about the way it's applied and there just is nowhere near as much debate in Italy because there are a lot more um, clear and obvious... Italy, whereas here mm. seems to be, go the whoever's responsible for VAR seems to be like going through the minutiae of every decision. Mm. And clear and obvious just seems to be have been completely ignored. But mm. um, yeah, Dave, anything to say on that first
0: denied goal, disallowed? Mm not really i mean i know that that law that handball law is getting looked at next like i think it's going to get scrapped for next season which makes sense cuz i mean it's it's similar to my my problem with the offside law and the way it's applied if you boil it down to what the the original law was to stop um it was to like is to you to use your hands to like get an advantage or to score a goal or something like it to 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 cheat using your hands, but like the ball bouncing off somebody and hitting your hand, it's not you using your hands, it's just you having hands. So it's not it, it, like it's not against the to the, put the, like the um, the what's the word I'm looking for? It's not against football to like accidentally ball strike your hand. Just like, this feels
1: like the yeah. beginning of a talk sport debate though, where it's like, problem with VAR, like you can't have hands. If you were play football, <laughs> yeah. you're not allowed to have hands. The game's gone.
3: To be fair, it could be a fantastic boost for our Paralympians. <laughs> it's true. Suddenly. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, the first disallowed goal, boring, whatever. Mm. Just very frustrating, but there we are. Um Second goal, not disallowed. Joe Willock. What has he scored? He's scored... Has he scored four in the last four? Or is it three in the last three? Yeah. He scored... Feels like... Three, he's, he's scored three late goals in the last four games. That's what he's done. He's almost got <laughs> a goal a game,
1: and he's hardly started
3: late. He is developing a reputation which he says he doesn't want, understandably, and that is super sub. To be fair, I don't, I have this perception that he's great and we need to um, we need to try and sign him permanently and maybe we should. But all I sort of have seen him do is arrive late and score goals at the end of games. You I, mean, know I don't who, really know what else he does as a footballer, but I mean, if he That's not a bad one, that, one trick to have. Great. If he can keep doing that. <laughs> I mean, it's, if he manages to do it at the same rate, he'll be, He'll be in the Premier League Hall of Fame. More on that later. Kevin um, Nolan.
0: Maybe. That's who he reminds me of. Kim. Yeah, yeah. Kevin not, R- not, R- not in the same, like, you know, he's a different type of football, but just that arrives late, scores a goal, but you don't really see what else he does, which is why I don't think he works as, a, as like a, a one of two. I think you have to play him as a three, as part of a midfield three. But I think
1: I, what was interesting about Willock coming on was the, the tactical reshuffle allowed him to play as a midfielder. Did you see this? So we we took off I think it was Kieran Clark, who was one
0: of yeah. the three for which Yeah, he didn't have, he didn't have a great game. Yeah,
1: no, probably his worst game, I think. But instead yeah. of going to four at the back, which seems obvious, we moved a midfielder into the heart of our defense.
0: And it was John Joe Shelby, which is... Because what you want at the back, what you want at the back is somebody who's uh, who can't tackle, who's slow, who's selfish, and who's prone to, like, just pinging the ball away. Oh, and one who's easily wound up. That's what you want at the rock of your fucking hell. But it worked. It (laughs) worked, Dave.
1: In fairness to it as an idea... Shelby, a lot of the time, plays in that position anyway. He's just not started. Like He does
0: find himself coming deep. Does that mean we should play Joe Linton as a centre midfielder then?
1: Maybe. I'm still continually baffled by what Shelby's doing to be... He's the only sort of ever-present, I think, since Bruce decided he was doing it his way, whatever that is. I'm still not totally clear on that. And... Shelby's passing range seems to just have gone. I don't the only assist he's had was in the was it the Burnley game where he passed it to St. Maximum about four <laughs> feet in his own half, and then St. Maxim rounded everyone on the pitch twice and scored. <laughs> Shelby gets an assist from that. But I'm well, not quite sure what you... he offers that's keeping Willock out of the team. But maybe he's just like a lucky omen. I'm not
0: I'm not Shelby's biggest fan, but I think. What he does offer is that that outball that if you are a counter attack side and you're not playing with like Shaw and um, like maybe's Fernandez, but if you because you to replace that level of passing ability, you'd have to have a couple of decent ball playing centre halves mm. and you know someone like Sean Longstaff in the in the centre who can you know. Nowhere near as good as as Shelby, but like can pass it long. Um, so I think I think if we're playing counter attack, we have to have to either play Sharon and
3: Fernandez or Shelby. I get the sense that Shelby he is very talented, you know, and I th- I get the sense that a lot of managers like him because in a squad like ours, a uh, bottom half of the table Premier League squad in training every day i'm sure he's by no means the hardest worker but i imagine compared with our other central midfielders he does quite a few things in training every week that just make the coaches go oh he is a good player really.
0: yeah Job. Mm-hmm.
3: just think be, i think he's a nice footballer to to watch when he when when he does things right. And I'm not saying he's doing the right thing in games at all, but I just think I just imagine around the coaching staff he has a, a favorable reputation. Do you know what I mean? They they look on his ability. Hmm. Yeah. I sort of get
1: that. I kind of I think it was in The Athletic there was a good article about him. And they were saying Bruce essentially did the same when he was at Hull with Tom Huddleston who is a sort of identical player, like has a very good silky passing range on him, but no work ethic. I, I do get that we need that sort of passing range to start counterattacks, but I think if you're having a midfield two, you can't afford for one of them to be as lazy as Shelby. I think it's not going too badly at the minute because we're coming up against teams that are tired from fixture congestion or have nothing to play for at the end of the season.
0: I think the other thing to consider is is you don't need that level of passing range when your wing backs aren't getting to the byline, you and your two attacking midfielders in Alan St-Max and, and Miguel Almirón are perfectly happy picking the ball up in your half and taking mm-hmm. it on themselves. They don't need that that ball over the top. And I don't know if if Shelby were to go in the summer, I wouldn't shed any tears. I think. He's he's yeah I don't know he's done.
3: I think it'd be interesting he's to see throwing. how he goes to like a promoted side or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, or a team that's in the goes. championship. Yeah, a team that's going for promotion in the championship. But like, I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up with Fulham.
1: Yeah, I think as well. There's no reason why him with Wilson couldn't recreate the sort of shelvy Gale partnership that there was. Because we do finally have a frontman with quite a good range of movement like shelby when you've got joel linton up front doesn't really make sense but i guess maybe we'll see a bit more between now and the end of the season of his passing range when we've got a few genuine movement options up top i
3: don't know well whatever it is it's it's um the mood is somewhat different to what it was a few weeks ago and uh We'll have, uh, we'll have a break now, I think, and then we'll go on to social media. And uh, we'll also talk about um, Alan Shearer being inducted into the legendary Premier League Hall of Fame. But um, it's nice to talk about us uh, having some good performances for a change. And uh, but we'll have a break and we'll to be back in a minute. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Newcastle and Good break, guys. Lovely. Yeah, Hall of Fame worthy right okay let's do the hall of fame so suddenly out of nowhere with no fucking warning i had no idea this was coming up did you no um, the premier you League consulted i, I barely consulted. had time
1: to put a suit on when i heard the <laughs> news
3: the premier league has decided uh that we now have a hall of fame it, it, it seems two like, people you know, in it it's well you gotta got start somewhere hall.
1: haven't you yeah i know it's you not know. somewhere I hope um, they stop there, though. Just don't induct anyone else.
0: And there's a literal <laughs> and there's a literal hall of fame where those two are just like milling around this massive hall.
3: I would like it if there's like if there's like an admin error and like the next like the Kinks get inducted, or, <laughs> or, like, or just or like Paul like, Skulls gets inducted into the Rock and Hall Rock and Roll Hall of Fame,
1: or just the next one, someone like M. <laughs> It's just really not befitting of the Hall of Fame. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was like four for a couple of seasons. But, but uh, first, yes, Alan Shearer and Thierry Henry. They've played it pretty safe, pretty deserved. Hard
0: to argue. Yeah. It's hard to argue, but Rio Ferdinand managed it. <laughs> did he? What did he say? What's he done there? Uh... Yeah. He said that um, Thierry Henry, fair enough, but he doesn't think that Chira should have been in because he hasn't won enough. You know, the Premier League's all-time top goal scorer, who's got <laughs> at least one Premier League trophy, hasn't won enough, isn't good enough to be in Rio Ferdinand. I Ferdinand think thinks Rio, it should basically be Man U players.
1: If Ferdinand wants a different player in there, he should go out and buy them with his own money. <laughs> simple as that that's like oh, Shearer being in Shira being the record goal scorer and not being in a good team is more of a reason for him to be in there yeah, he's, he's essentially it, had a hand tied behind his back
0: and he's st- yeah it's like um, Letitia will eventually get into there and he didn't score very many comparatively he's um, you know he, I don't think he won anything at Southampton did he um, so but he was such a glorious footballer that he has to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: His career path is one of the odder. His late, his autumn years, are mad Matt Latissio. If you follow him on Twitter, he's now a full-on like anti-lockdown job. Mm.
0: Yeah, but I mean, some of the other ones are like you know you, you can't you can't argue with them. But I don't want them to be in there. Like Roy Keane. John Terry. John Terry, Michael Owen. There should be, like, a Hall of Fame and a Hall of Cunts. I think there should be, like, those (laughs) those two things.
1: I can't see Sky Sports News reporting (laughs) on the opening of the Hall of Cunts.
3: The thing about any of these debates, which we're now going to have, like, every year for ages, about, well, he's not a Hall of Fame player. To me, a Hall of Fame player is... is the debate that has started to happen so often in the last five years that really irritates me is the world-class debate, the debate of whether an individual player is world-class or not. Because mm. world-class is not something that's defined by anything. So it's not... It's just what... It's two people <laughs> who have two def- different definitions of what world-class is, arguing mm. over whether... So are you, you're telling me... on a You're telling me that Robin Van Persie was world-class. You'll say, well, 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 yes, because in my world class there's 10 players and your world class is 50. I don't,
1: it is well, like 50 people like, arguing over whether a player has joie de vivre. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
3: it's just a meaningless thing. And that is what this Hall of Fame thing will be until it's been going for 50 years. And through that, uh, there has been a criteria set. But at the moment, there's so many... There are plenty of players who could... Because we're inheriting this from American sports, right? And they yeah. take taken lots of players. And there are plenty of players who already would have been in the Hall of Fame if we were mm-hmm. like American sports. So, you know.
0: Yeah. I think, I think the, um, the, the thing that I'm looking forward to is like 20 years' time when you start seeing people like, I don't know, Kevin Phillips getting in there. Or, you know, just like because he, he won the Golden Boot. You know, he was the European top goal scorer for that particular season. He did score a lot of goals. Does he deserve a Is, is he, he a Hall
1: of Famer, though, David?
3: Is he a Hall of Famer? Not, he's not a Hall of Fame player. He's not a Hall of Fame player. Kevin Phillips, he's not a Hall of Fame player. He's not a Hoffer. He's not a Hoffer. <laughs> but with that being said, I mean, it's hard to say because. I'm going to say we can't. You don't include players like Michael Owen or Sol Campbell. Who, who, which will be the next ex Newcastle ex-Newcastle player who played a hundred games for us? Did Michael Owen play a hundred games for us? I'm discounting Michael Owen because he's not defined by Newcastle. Yeah, the next, and he's in
0: the other hall that we
3: were talking about. Right. Okay. The <laughs> next ex Newcastle player who played a hundred games for us to go into the Hall of Fame.
1: Janola probably didn't score, play 100 games for us. Right, forget
3: it. The next Newcastle player who is... Like <laughs> Les Ferdinand. The next Newcastle player. Les you know Ferdinand. I,
0: mean? I would have said Gary Speed, Les Ferdinand, Shea Given, outside yeah. chance of Shea Given. Um, one of the top goalkeepers for pretty much the entirety of his career. Janola's um, a good show.
3: Andy Cole, wouldn't he be in there before...
0: Mm, definitely yeah, a have yeah. games but I mean um, it's 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 tricky though because when you look at some of the players that we hold as some of our best players because they didn't win anything at Newcastle they won't be viewed as Hoffers it will just be like Rob Lee was one of the best midfielders in the country is he going to get in there I would be surprised
1: do you think Philip Albert will get in there cause that's the litmus test for me of whether I want to go to this Hall of fame or Nikos daas <laughs> well
3: the depends Philip albert maybe get in there we may, will maybe get in there, but like he he might be at like nearly two hundred players before him
0: oh yeah yeah fair. but um, yeah i don't think I don't think for really for you know a a list of good reasons there won't be very very many Newcastle players. Yeah. I saw, do get I in saw there.
3: something on Twitter where someone had a uh, it was something to do with the Premier League saying give us your nominations give us your six and they had about 30 players up there and I found it really hard to pick six because there were so many players in there you're like well how could how could Roy Keane Patrick Vieira Wayne Rudy Frank Lampard John Terry Ashley Cole Peter Schmeichel mm-hmm. Steven Gerrard. How could any of these players not be? Eric yeah. Like, you know. Basically, but I think like,
1: if you have if you have too many players in there as well, it undermines the sanctity of the weak <laughs> old concept of a hall of fame for the Premier League. <laughs>
0: that's what upsets me. And the, the thing, the thing that gets me is this: this is purely to get people clicking on links and looking at shit. When, like we say, in like four or five years' time. All of those thirty players will be on there.
3: Well, we don't know how many they're going to announce. When they, what are you doing, Dave? What, Dave? You've suddenly just made a terrified face.
0: Yeah, yeah. My little one's crying his eyes out.
1: It's the Hall of Fame that's done it. It's it's He's the against whole of you. Fame. it. Just and I just yeah. name
3: him. Well, you know, leave it. It's still a patriarchy. Leave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> So it'll be the it's the um, yeah it's, it's the concept of the hall of. He's like, why are we talking about the hall of fame when there are people out there living in poverty? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we don't know how many, how often they're going to announce hall of famers. But all I know is when all the restrictions are gone, three of us we need to go there and we need to have a look around the hall of fame. We well,
0: that's a point because the the. Um, the the football museums in Manchester. Ooh. Is it? Yeah. Wait, is that Hall where
1: the Hall of Fame, of fame is? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Do, I've got no idea. What
0: are they going to do?
3: They're going <laughs> to print out the Wikipedia page of each player. <laughs> Carve it into oh. stone. Um, so uh, I've got some stuff on uh, <coughs> social media here. Uh, some Twitter questions, as always. I'm going to completely irresponsibly read these completely fresh. So if um, you do ever want to get some of your wild white supremacist ideas broadcast, then this is a great way of doing it (laughs) because I read these completely fresh. Um, Andy Sheldon says, presuming we survive, how do you see next season going? Will we be able to keep hold of Alan St-Maximin in the close season? Will the return of fans and inevitable constant abuse see Bruce out the door? Three questions there, three good questions. Let's assume we survive next season. How's it going to go? I mean, I think it'll be like this season. I think it'll be um, a couple of long spells of terrible football. Um, interrupted by a couple of short spells of quite good football and all right results, which will be enough to make us survive. That's what it's been like every year for the last
1: five years. I think this season especially, it's depended mainly on the fitness of Alan St. Maximum. So it it could be another one of those.
3: Which brings us on to, will we be able to keep him in summer? I
0: mean, it's a good I think so, because if, he, if he'd been fit for the entirety of this season and if um, COVID hadn't smashed a lot of clubs' budgets into pieces, um, had he been fit and people had money to spend, then yeah, I could have seen a, a bigger We'd club coming It would take something crazy from Mike Ashley, because whatever his
3: transfer fee is, I don't think there's many clubs willing to pay that right now.
1: you know. What do you think Ashley would sell him for? Because I reckon if say thirty-five or forty million came in, Ashley would accept it.
0: Yeah, I would say forty million. I think. I don't know has use... got that
1: to spend. Is the other thing. I think oh.
3: they may and there must be clubs who've got forty million to spend, but you don't spend it on a player who is as injured as often as Saint Louis. Mm. Is, surely. Surely, a couple of years ago, probably would. Mm-hmm. Uh, um Will the return of van, fans and all of that... Is Bruce going to leave? Unless yeah. I, think the, I think the word... That, unless there's a takeover.
0: Yeah, I mean, but then a takeover changes everything. Like, it changes, t- t- changes what we can expect, who'd stay, all That's, the rest That, of that changes it. everything. So,
3: assuming there isn't a takeover, he's going to be our manager at the beginning of next season, isn't he? And yeah. He probably will be until... We're in a, a relegation fight worse <laughs> than the one we've been in this season
1: yeah, I think the the interesting word in the question is like the inevitable abuse of bruce i'm not i'd be interested to see what happens when fans are back in the stadium, even for the Sheffield United game because it it felt very inevitable not that long ago but i I feel like after the Liverpool game, if fans are in now, I don't think they'd necessarily be. Bruce getting abused. I don't
3: think it depends. It depends. And, if, it depends. That, and if, that is, if that does happen, I mean, Ashley's had so much abuse for years and that doesn't budge him. Abuse on Bruce is is just a nice shield for Ashley, isn't it? So I, I think all it would do is potentially cause Bruce to resign because it would be affecting his mental health.
1: Yeah, I think it would take being in the bottom three for Ashley to get rid of Bruce. I don't think it would be anything to do with fan reaction, but the two sort of go hand in hand. I think Bruce might have earned another chance with a lot more fans than maybe some think.
3: I think you might be right because it has been... A few games is, is enough to to make you forget what's been for
1: us. And by second chance, I mean eighth chance.
3: Sure. John Tilly says, are we good now? It just doesn't feel right, does it? Is even Dave starting to feel a bit pos- more positive about us?
0: Hey, hang on a second. I was pretty positive that we would stay up. I was pretty positive that Alan St Maximum's a good player and Wilson's a good player and all the rest of it. It was just fucking Bruce that was the issue.
3: I think you were you were certain we would go down until it looked like we would go down and then you were kind of positive we would stay up. So I think we've all been proved right and wrong a number of on a, in a number of different ways. It's
1: the beauty of football. You get to change your mind often enough that you're always right and always wrong. <laughs> uh
3: Tony, no toppings says great name by the way (laughs) great name tony no topics what are your thoughts on the balance of the team and getting certain players in the right positions e.g people saying almiron is out of position and need a back four would we then have to drop richie is Maximin and wilson wilson as a front two viable or should asm be on the wing long term there's some deep tactical talk there mainly depends on availability, doesn't it? But whatever we're doing right now, I quite like it. Yeah,
0: I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with it. I think um, um, Alan St Maximum as like one of a front two, I don't particularly like it because he naturally drops deeper to get on the ball. And what you might find then is that your actual striker, Wilson, starts getting isolated. So um, I'd much prefer to have of four-two-three-one,
1: hey. um,
0: with some maximum out on the wing. But I appreciate that without Isaac Hayden in the side, we don't have a solid uh, central midfielder. So we kind of, and plus, like, like, like we said, it's working. So I wouldn't mess with it. But long term, yeah, I'd want change. I would want uh, like, I want four-two-three-one.
3: Long term, when you're looking towards next season. Hmm whatever the right system for us is, it needs to be one that works around a player like St. Maximum and um, players like Armand rather than Richie, who is great. But if like, if Richie is a casualty of the system, then so be it.
1: Same with Jacob Murphy as well. I think Richie and Murphy have been a big part in our upturn in form, but a lot of that is because they fit that system, but we're playing our... We need our best players in their best positions. I don't think sure. we've had many games where that's been the case. Both but Richie as and Murphy
3: well, could play in a front three, but they don't come on... Yeah. But not by rights. Sorry, Paul. Else?
1: No, I think I was basically about to say the same thing, really. I think Richie, Richie and Murphy have been great players, but you sort of think is there any point having them when really they're only going to be getting into our team when we're playing wing-backs? That might be harsh on both of them.
3: Um, Another question along similar lines to one that's been before, LaGrange says, now that survival is almost secured, when will Dave be serving up humble pie with extra custard, just how Brucey likes it? Take that, Dave. The listeners have perceived you to be a man who should be eating humble pie now. And Dave will be eating that humble pie on the last episode of the season. Don't forget to t- <laughs> and subscribe. Um, all hail Teague says, Watford got promoted, which means their keeper will do those vlogs behind the scenes in the Premier League. Not familiar with that. Which Newcastle player slash manager would you most enjoy a candid daily vlog from and whose would be the least enjoyable
1: so is this ben foster because i saw i don't really know what this is about but i just see like he wears a gopro or something during games or that might have been during games i may have got completely the wrong end of the stick but i think that was like part of his vlogging and giving more access was at least other teams wait for amazon to ask them he just (laughs)
3: is making like a fucking cyclist what is what's the deal with cyclists now all wearing go wearing Goplos, pros, recording absolutely everything on their ride, getting in and then going, well, I'll edit my best bits. Um yeah, anyway.
1: I think it's more for if they get no, in no, cars yeah. and stuff. I think yeah. It's a safety thing. I don't think it's ego. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't they're just big-headed cyclists going around. <laughs>
3: Well, I've seen it before.
1: What is the deal with ambient? Um, an- they need to tell us that they're on <laughs> the right, road with right, these right. big sirens. <laughs> the ego
0: on them? <laughs> fine. Um, fine. to, right. to answer, answer all, the question.
3: All, I'm all for cyclists. And let me just say again, thank you very much to our sponsors, Rally Bicycle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to, um, to answer the question, who who would be most enjoy a kind of daily vlog from? a maximum. I just think yeah, it'd be I fun. See.
3: Yeah,
0: he says and, it uh, be a current or former player. Oh, uh, by the way, oh, in that case, St. Maximin.
3: I'd have liked to have seen a um, Nile Ranger.
0: vlog. Yes, can you, can you, you just, can you not just can you not just get been on an TV into
3: another world? I always wanted to know well, what exactly is going on with Nile Ranger. Just watch um, Crime Stoppers. Uh, yeah,
1: I do uh, think with some players though you. We are essentially getting vlogs from them. Just anyone who's on Instagram would get, like, I know what coffee Miguel Almeron drinks thanks to his videos. I don't need that level of access.
3: And who would give the worst vlog? I mean, who was our most? James Milner? Although
1: he's quite funny, isn't he? He's is he... quite
3: funny, yeah. Darren Ambrose? I mean, this could be the worst or the best again. I just want to know what Henri Saive's life is like.
1: <laughs> I think he's just constantly going to the tip and doing stuff to fill his days. The
3: thing is, like Henri Saive is that training every day. Does he does he train with the first team or the, or the under 23s? And what is his interaction like with the other players? And just what is that like?
1: <laughs> is he because so, he's constantly <laughs> surrounded by kids as well, is it just like those American films where an older person goes back to school undercover?
3: (laughs) (laughs) But like, if he's with the under 23s, then surely he's like playing every day, he's training with players on like a couple of hundred pounds a week, who have better career prospects than him, but he's on like, what is he on, like 40 grand a week? grand, 40 grand. So
0: So instead of never been kissed, it's never been picked. (laughs) He's like,
3: He's a professional footballer, but not really. He's just essentially <laughs> a, a millionaire. So you're just like every day you go to training, and there's like Peter Jones, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just playing next to you. Like
1: he is just a professional trainer, I guess that's what he does. I'm just yeah. like he's not worrying about. Oh, are we going to go to that barbecue on Saturday? Yes, book it in. There is no way I'm busy on Saturday.
3: (laughs) So, almost, yeah, almost. I'm sort of like the anti the players, ones who you would think would be the most boring are the ones that I would sort of find the most interesting. Hmm. I don't want no razzmatazz, I don't want no like, hey, now you're having fun here, let's go. I don't want that. (laughs) Who's that player? (laughs) That's just a random Oh, he's that guy we signed from Eurovision, wasn't he? <laughs> that that was my impression of a random glamorous footballer. <laughs> I want a... who's gonna be doing like wild and crazy things. Yeah. I want a footballer who's just like filling out his tax. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Every every player has a potential for theirs to be interesting. it's did say it, it, Chiora legendary MTV Cribs episode. Oh, yeah. Mm. This would have been quite boring. It would have been pretty bad.
1: I imagine Kieran Dyers would be boring, but offset by him being very flashy. But It would just mm. be like an annoying watch. Flashy with a Suffolk accent. <laughs> yeah. It's a good yeah. question. I'm going to keep thinking about it.
3: OK, so our uh, our next football match is on Sunday. It is against Arsenal. We're at home. Uh, me and Paul are starting to wonder whether it's possible we could watch this in a pub garden. It seems unlikely, but if you have a... If you... Well, it's not a tip-off. If you happen to... <laughs> be the landlord of a pub in London with a pub garden and fancy letting us have a table, then do get in touch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or if you're an
1: eccentric millionaire like Henri Saive, (laughs) want to invite us to your garden.
3: Um, So, uh, yes, we're playing Arsenal. They're shit now. We're good now. This should be easy, right? This is our
1: second Big Six game in a row where we get to stick it to the
0: man. (laughs) We're going to walk all over them, right? Dave? Dave? Well, I'll tell you what. They play Villarreal just before us and Villarreal just after us. Um, And you would assume that they would need to take that competition more seriously because they're not likely to get into the Champions League by league position. So winning the U Uroba is their best shot. <clears throat> so um they might not actually take us that seriously. And we I would I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if we got a point. Mm-hmm. Wilson's gonna be more more match fit. St. Maximum's got um, some more games under his belt, et cetera, et cetera. It's, um there was talk that like um Fabian Shaw was in um he, was in the he, under was in yeah,
1: he
3: played for the under 23s. Hmm. I do I do feel like every time we've got to this point in the last couple of years where we go, hang on a minute, are we alright now? Um we then go shit. Um Well
1: I think this is not as daunting a game as say like West Ham recently. Sure. I don't I think Arsenal sometimes the fear factor is based on one player. Like Every time we came up against them in recent years, it's like oh, Aubameyang or Ozil would have a great game, but I don't really feel like that is an issue. I think as well, like Dave says, they're not going to be focused on us particularly and we're going to have our best players all available and with games under their belts. I think we'll I'm win. I'm
3: presuming uh, Willick's not allowed to play. No. No. So we can't rely on him to get us a late winner.
1: I wonder if we'll see either Matty Longstaff or Elliot Anderson on the bench for this to take his place. I would definitely like to. I think the closer we get to safety, the more sense it makes to get games for that sort of level of player.
3: Matty Longstaff (laughs) has been out for so long now, like since signing a deal with us. He's been out for so long now that... I wonder like will he ever get back
0: in but well it's interesting because um with matty longstaff the way that we're playing right now mm-hmm. you would argue that it would suit him because it's mm-hmm. like high energy lots of press and all the rest of it like you would you would argue that yeah he could he could come in and certainly do the same kind of job as we're asking with Sean Longstaff.
3: He could certainly be a like-for-like replacement for Joe Willock as well. I mean, he's the most obvious replacement. Definitely. Definitely. Apparently, the club do have high hopes for Elliot Anderson, so I'm sure he'd be disappointed not to get a chance as well.
1: There are two players where you just think, why haven't they been out on loan? Like, I get it, sort of covering against injuries, but surely you can just have them out on loan and recall them if you do. Or is that just football manager, not the real world?
0: I don't well, think you remember
3: can, on Football Manager, you can only record them at, at certain points of the season outside of the transfer window. You can uh, from, so,
1: either yeah. way, at least one of them should have gone out on loan, especially after we loaned Willock in.
0: I don't know yeah. why Elliot
1: Anderson is kept here.
0: Um, um, one thing that... To... To... Oh, I'll go on, Dave, yep. Yeah. I was just going to say that as it stands, we are nine points clear of 18th position and they play on the Saturday against Chelsea. And I think that if they don't win that game, win. Yeah, yeah, well 18th, but yeah, Fulham, if they don't win, if they don't beat Chelsea, that gives them like four games to get more than nine points out you know, it's it's pretty likely that, that that's that. So by Saturday, I our boys might be on the beach.
3: The, we're all working under the assumption. Um well, So if, if Fulham Arsenal
1: lose game, and we out. win, sorry, so if Fulham lose and we win, does that mean we're safe? Uh, uh
3: Yeah. Mathematically, does it? Because they've still got to play us, so. Well, yeah,
0: but if that, so yeah, if... if it doesn't really matter because if, if we if we go twelve points clear and there are twelve games left, there uh, are twelve points left available, and they're currently oh level on goal difference with us, so it would come down to goal difference.
3: Oh, yeah. Okay, so but yeah, we are essentially safe, which means that uh, I would reckon we won't quite be on the beach yet in the Arsenal game. But after that, our last four games of the season were going to be awful. Um, so enjoy the Arsenal game. Let's have uh, score predictions for the fuck of it. Dave? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Paul?
1: 2-0 Newcastle.
3: 2-0 Newcastle. Four. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two.
1: Oh.
3: Wow. Although I don't know if I believe that Arsenal will score that many goals. But yeah, I just wanted a different prediction. <laughs> OK. All right. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dave Watson. Thanks, thank Fergus. Thank you, to Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you to Graham Jones and thank you to you, the listener. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land
2: horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.